This is episode 430 of the AWS podcast, released on March 14, 2021. Podcast confirmed. Welcome to the official AWS podcast. Hello everyone and welcome back to the AWS podcast. Simon Lynch here with you. Great to have you back. And of course, I'm joined by Nikki Stone. G'day, Nikki. How are you doing? Hi, Simon. Happy to be here as always. It is wonderful to have you on the show, and uh, we have a couple of announcements to make first up before we get into all the updates. So eagle-eared listeners will know that in last episode, or the last update episode, I should say, uh, we got some awesome listener feedback about the fact that you couldn't say, Alexa, play the AWS podcast, and actually get our podcast, which was kind of counterintuitive. And we decoded the fact that you had to use the word podcast twice, but that's not a great customer experience. So I wanted to share with you. A story of customer obsession. So one of the 14 leadership principles we work to here at Amazon is customer obsession. It's in fact the number one on the list. And it's defined as leaders start with a customer and work backwards. They work vigorously to earn and keep customer trust. Although leaders pay attention to competitors, they obsess over customers. So like I said in that episode, um, we were going to go and talk to the Alexa team and say, hey, this is not a great customer experience. And they agreed. And so now you, when you say, Alexa, play the AWS podcast – you get the AWS podcast, which I think is pretty nice. So, uh, oh, is that Alexa? <laughs> she's talking in the background. Yeah. You can hear her, can't you? Yeah, she uh, <laughs> she decided to join. Yeah, that's great. So I've just sparked up a whole bunch of uh, uh, devices in the background. So uh, sorry, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that that works. So kudos to the uh, the Alexa team for being customer obsessed. That's super cool. And another update is I want to share with you the details of another podcast called Innovation Ambassadors. And now this is uh, another AWS podcast and basically lets you get a peek behind the curtain with the AWS prototyping team on the Innovation Ambassadors podcast. It's hosted by AWS's own Sarah Armstrong, who's Senior Manager for Worldwide Prototyping. And you'll hear about the most compelling customer engagements as she chats with tech innovation experts about how solutions and opportunities are surfaced and realized in big stake industries like education, healthcare, agri-tech, media and entertainment, and others. Each episode is a commute-length innovation journey that reveals the craft of the possible. You can find episodes of the Innovation Ambassadors where you listen to the official AWS podcast on the AWS podcast page, Spotify, or your favorite streaming service. So probably a good one to check out if you're into a bit of innovation stories, you get to peek behind the curtains. Mm, I kind of want to listen to that now. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You got to add that to the rotation. <laughs> Should we get into some actual updates now? Yeah, absolutely. Over to you, Nikki. Okay, so on the topic of infrastructure, I love this one because I love Japan. We have announced the new Asia-Pacific Osaka region. And just, you know, Simon always says that we always announce regions in the places that I go frequently. I go to Osaka once a year. Well, when there's not a pandemic, I usually go (laughs) once a year. When you can, when you can. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So Osaka has uh, launched as a standard AWS region, which is expanding its previous presence as a local region, and the number of AZs in Osaka is increasing from one to three, and the service portfolio is expanding, and then new pricing options are also available. So if you want to start up some stuff in Osaka, go for it. It is now generally available. And Nikki will come and personally visit each customer once they've uh, launched their (laughs) workloads. Gladly, (laughs) gladly. (laughs) I'm sure. Um, Moving on to the topic of analytics. AWS Glue Data Brew extends its data sets to support files without an explicit file extension or a header row. So often it's hard to figure out what the file is 
now it can do this for you automatically. And I like automatic stuff. Amazon Elasticsearch service now supports tag-based authorization for configuration APIs. So now, of course, you can uh, configure your, use the configuration APIs, I should say, for operations such as creating, modifying, or updating Amazon Elasticsearch domains. And you can create your IAM uh, roles and policy access rules to use those tags to control access to those particular calls. Moving on to the topic of application integration, Step Functions has added tooling support for YAML. I love this one so much. So you now can write your state machine definitions uh, using YAML, and you can do it using the AWS toolkit for VS Code and in CloudFormation. So now you can, you know, you write your CloudFormation and your Step Functions state machine definition all in YAML, which is really nice. That makes a huge difference. So you can use JSON or YAML, either one that you choose. And we can have big arguments about what's better, YAML <laughs> yeah, or we JSON. Can. We definitely can. That, that's not that's not contentious at all. Uh, yes, no, that's not neither here nor there. I mean, we can have arguments about tabs versus spaces for days, right? So whatever, JSON versus YAML. We can. The point is, the, the choices are now <laughs> available to you. Use what you want exactly. Use what you prefer. Uh, moving on, Amazon EventBridge now supports propagation of X-ray trace context. So that enables you to view the end-to-end flow events through your applications. AWS X-Ray traces user requests as they travel throughout your entire app, and it connects and visualizes the data generated by individual services like Lambda, EC2, or other serverless services that make up your application and give you an end-to-end view of how your app is performing. And so with this uh, new feature, EventBridge is now propagating the trace context to downstream services, making it really easy for you to observe and debug your event-driven applications. EventBridge supports tracing for all event targets that integrate with X-Ray. Moving on to the topic of blockchain, we're happy to announce the general availability of Ethereum on Amazon Managed Blockchain. With this launch, AWS customers can easily provision Ethereum nodes in minutes and connect to the public Ethereum main network and test networks such as Rinkaby and Ropston. With Amazon Managed Blockchain, customers get secure networking, encryption at risk and transport, secure access to the network via standard open source Ethereum APIs, fast and reliable syncs to the Ethereum blockchain and durable elastic storage for ledger data. Amazon Managed Blockchain monitors node health, replaces unhealthy nodes, and automates Ethereum software upgrades, improving the availability of customers' Ethereum infrastructure. In addition to DeFi applications, customers building analytical products such as smart contract monitoring tools and fraud detection software can also benefit from this scalable, highly available, and fully managed Ethereum service on the Amazon Managed Blockchain. So you can get going now in a number of regions. I'm stoked for that one. Seriously. (laughs) I wrote some some dApps before and some smart contracts for Ethereum. So that one, that one's really cool, I think. Definitely check you know, that out. You know all about it. <laughs> I love the names too that blockchain tools use. Rinkaby, Robston. <laughs> they're just, they're great. <laughs> they're so good. Uh, moving on to the topic of compute, the Lambda console now features a new navigation design, which by the way, I read this and then of course I had to go check it out because, you know, Lambda and me, obviously. Um, it's actually pretty cool. So they reorganize the features on the console based on key tasks, such as writing code, testing, monitoring, and configuring. And so with this update, they've actually reduced the amount of scrolling needed to access common config options by creating a dedicated config tab. Uh, so, you know, before you had to like scroll all the way down if you like wanted to edit, you know, the, uh, the memory or the time, and now it's just in the config tab. It makes it really easy. 
Yeah, I, I had a I had a bit of a play with this one too because um, one of my guilty guilty admissions is that uh, sometimes when I'm coding, I don't build an entire tool chain. I just jump into the Lambda console and code, and I have an excuse. My excuse is I learned how to code on an Apple II when we had no configuration management or Git or anything like that. It was well, just I'm also guilty 10, as charged <laughs> print, <for that. laughs> print hello. <laughs> I think that's just normal. So, uh, I think that's just like a, you uh, know. Is that guys, normal? Okay. I thought yeah. I was, I thought I was uh, uh, insulting the developer gods. No, sometimes but, you um, have to make it work in the console and then you go back and figure out how to write it in, you know, you have to, you have to just play with it instead of provisioning yeah, it like yeah, a thousand but, times. And they've definitely done a good job. It, it is much more intuitive to find stuff. So uh, well done team. I agree. Good job, Lambda team. Last one here in this topic, Amazon EKS now supports adding KMS envelope encryption to existing clusters to enhance security for secrets. So EKS now allows you to implement envelope encryption of Kubernetes secrets using uh, AWS KMS keys for existing EKS clusters. Envelope encryption adds an addition, customer-managed layer of encryption for application secrets or user data that is stored within a Kubernetes cluster. And implementing envelope encryption is considered a security best practices for applications that store sensitive data and is part of a defense in depth security strategy. On to the topic of customer engagement. Amazon Connect now supports 15 minute intervals for historical metric reporting. So this includes data about past, completed activity and performance in your contact center. So the 15-minute interval provides a new time range to give you more granular insights into queue, routing profile, and agent performance. And you can use this in a variety of ways that suit you. Amazon Connect customer profiles also now support data sources from Amazon S3. So these profiles is a feature of Connect, and it automatically brings together customer information from multiple applications into a unified customer profile, which is delivered to agents at the beginning of the customer interaction. It now supports ingestion of customer data from homegrown and third-party applications with Amazon S3, in addition to the pre-built connections for third-party libraries such as Salesforce, ServiceNow, Zendesk, and Marketo. Nice. Uh, one quick update in my favorite topic of all time, developer tools. Uh, AWS Code Pipeline now supports 1,000 pipelines per account. This is up from the previous limit of 300, so you can now you know, create a thousand pipelines per account by default. And you can also request a limit increase beyond 1000 if you happen to need that. That is a lot of pipelines. <laughs> That's a whole lot of development going on. Moving on to the internet of things. Free RTOS demonstrates meeting a set of security criteria for IoT platforms. So this is now certified for the security evaluation standard for IoT platforms, SESIP, Assurance Level 2. And with this certification, free RTOS libraries have demonstrated meeting a specific set of security criteria for IoT platforms. In addition, embedded developers writing free RTOS-based applications can achieve SESIP certification for their own applications more quickly because the underlying libraries have been tested for compliance. So this is always a speeding up process for getting your certification because the common stuff is done. And I could be cruel and make the joke that um, the S in IoT is for security, but I won't. Um, but what is important is a lot of work is going into improving the security of IoT. Free RTOS long-term support now also includes AWS IoT over-the-air update, AWS IoT device defender, and AWS IoT jobs libraries. So this now gives you the long-term support release support for those particular capabilities, which are kinds of things that you like. Uh, with this release, developers can use the free RTOS LTS libraries to update firmware, manage device fleets, and monitor fleet metrics for their microcontroller-based IoT devices. In addition, developers can rely on a free RTS version that provides feature stability 
and security patches and critical bug fixes for two years. So that is a good thing. And finally, a support for AS923-1 frequency band is now generally available for the AWS IT core for LoRaWAN. And this is uh, something that customers use to connect LoRaWAN gateways and devices that are physically present in countries that support the frequency ranges and characteristics of this band. So you can set up a private LoRaWAN network by connecting your LoRaWAN devices and gateways to the AWS cloud without developing or operating LoRaWAN network servers or an LNS. AS923-1 is commonly used in that fantastic country, Australia, the also great country, New Zealand, and other great countries, Japan, Singapore, and Taiwan, amongst many others. And this is in addition to the existing AWS IT core for LoRaWAN support for the US 902-928 and EU 863-870 bands, commonly used, funnily enough, in North America and Europe. Nice. So now it's supported everywhere. Moving on to the topic. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to the topic of machine learning. This one is a cool, fun announcement. The AWS DeepRacer League season is now underway. So if you're familiar with DeepRacer, you know, you can get hands-on experience with machine learning through a fully autonomous race car, which is driven by reinforcement learning. So it'll help you learn machine learning by creating a machine learning model that is, uh, you know, basically through reinforcement. Uh, And so now the green flag has dropped and racing action for the 2021 AWS Deep Racer League season is now underway. The league features new skill-based open and pro racing divisions where developers have five times more opportunities to win rewards and prizes than in the 2020 season. The open division is available to developers who want to train their reinforcement learning model and compete in the time trial format. And the pro division is for those racers who have earned a top 10% time trial result from the previous month in the open division. Racers that are promoted to the pro division earn a pro welcome kit and are eligible to compete for big prizes in the monthly pro race. Prizes include a Deep Racer Evo, an all-expenses-paid trip to reInvent to compete for a chance to compete in the Deep Racer League Championship Cup. Let's hope that we have a reInvent in person this year that we can actually go yeah, and watch this Deep Racer competition. People have a ton of fun with this competition. Like they, they get a lot out of it learning-wise, but also it's, it's just lots of fun. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of fun. I kind of want to participate. Is, can I participate or do you have to be a customer? I don't know. I'm I girls. think you might have to be a customer, but you can, you can practice. You can provide some advice. All right. You can coach. I'll be on the <laughs> sidelines rooting for your cars. Moving on here, the AWS Solutions serverless bot framework has been updated and added the Amazon Lex V2 console and API integration for an improved bot building experience. Uh, So this solutions implementation automatically sets up a chatbot app with sample interactions for you. And this update enables you to build and iterate on your chatbots faster. And the new functionalities help customers scale the use of their chatbots with additional languages and support for more natural conversations. This solution now allows customers to choose newly integrated Amazon Lex as the bot's brain or an original custom-made machine learning model. So you can choose one you made, or you can choose Amazon Lex as your bot's brain, which I think is pretty cool. Moving on to the topic of management and governance. Change manager, a capability of the AWS systems manager, now allows you to define multiple sequential levels of approvals that are required for your operational changes. Change manager simplifies the way you can request, approve, implement, and report on operational changes to your application configuration and infrastructure on AWS and on-premises. Now you can further streamline your change approval process by specifying the order in which approvals are required. So often we have complicated approval processes, this now supports it. 
AWS Systems Manager Ops Center now displays an aggregated view of all operational issues for a specified resource. So this allows operations engineers and IT professionals to investigate, diagnose, and resolve operational issues related to AWS resources from a central place. It also enables you to understand the greater context while troubleshooting an issue such as instance failure and helps you resolve issues faster. Often when fixing problems, it's about knowing what the problem is and what it's affecting is the hard part, and this makes it a lot easier. Amazon CloudWatch Synthetics now supports cross-region bucket access and upgraded dependencies. So CloudWatch Synthetics now supports storing your Canary Run artifacts, including log files, screenshots, and HAR files in an Amazon S3 bucket in another region with a new major runtime version which is called Syn Node.js Puppeteer 3.0. And CloudWatch Synthetics now also supports upgraded major versions of the Puppeteer, Chromium, and Node.js dependencies. So this gives you a whole lot more flexibility in how you can run your testing. AWS Config now supports Amazon Container Services. So it now supports ECS, ECR, and EKS in all AWS regions. And with this launch, you can now use AWS Config to monitor configuration data for container-based resources in your AWS account, such as monitoring configuration changes to EKS cluster settings and tracking compliance for cluster configurations. AWS Config will provide you with a detailed view of the configuration of the AWS resources in your account, including how they were configured, how they relate to one another, and how the configurations and relationships change over time. So now full support for all of the container services. Uh, moving on to the topic of networking and content delivery, Amazon VPC flow logs now reflect AWS service name, traffic path, and flow direction. So there's four additional meta fields in VPC flow logs now, which are namely flow direction, traffic path, PKT, SRC, AWS service, which is going to be, I think, service name, and uh, then PKT, DST, AWS service. And with these fields, you can derive insights into the AWS services that your workloads are communicating with, differentiate between ingress and egress traffic flows, and identify the next hop of your egress traffic, such as internet gateway, or a VPC peering connection or a virtual private gateway. Nice. And our last topic today is the topic of security, identity, and compliance. An AWS Secrets Manager now provides support to replicate secrets in AWS Secrets Manager to multiple AWS regions. So you can now give your multi-region applications access to replicated secrets in the corresponding regions and rely on AWS Secrets Manager to keep the replicas in sync with the primary secret. This is handy because this feature abstracts the complexity of replicating secrets across regions, which enables customers to leverage Secrets Manager to easily manage secrets needed to support your multi-region applications and disaster recovery strategies. So it makes it very easy to keep control of things. And the last update, and I have to say my favorite one of this particular episode, AWS Certificate Manager now provides certificate expiry monitoring through Amazon CloudWatch. Now, if you've been in the industry as long as I have, you'll know that security is hard, certificates are hard, and the biggest thing that people tend to uh, step on over time is they set up their certificates and at some point they expire. And when they expire, stuff don't work anymore <laughs> it's really embarrassing and hard to fix but the problem is is that expiries tend to be long I mean five years is, is quite a typical expiry thing and by the time the five years rolls around the person that implemented it doesn't work there anymore so, so it's kind of hard so this is intended to help you so AWS Certificate Manager at ACM now publishes certificate metrics and events through Amazon CloudWatch and Amazon EventBridge SSL TLS certificates are used to obviously secure the network 
communication and establish the identity of websites over the internet. And certificates have a defined lifetime and for continued use need to be renewed before they expire. That's right, before they expire. And these new metrics, (laughs) exactly, and events help administrators keep track of certificate expiration dates and take necessary action or configure automation that thing again, automation, to prevent certificate expiry and related outages. So you now have uh, the capability, uh, well, actually I should say you by default have the capability within ACM to have a managed renewal, and I use this myself in my applications, to automatically renew certificates in most cases. However, there are exceptions where user action is needed for certificate renewal. For example, ACM does not attempt to renew third-party certificates that are imported. Also, an administrator needs to reconfigure missing DNS records for certificates that may use DNS validation if the record was removed for any reason after the certificate was issued. Metrics and events provide you visibility into such certificates that require intervention to continue the renewal process. A certificate that isn't renewed expires, which can, of course, as we mentioned, lead to bad stuff happening. So Amazon CloudWatch metrics and Amazon Event Bridge events are enabled for all certificates that are managed by ACM. And users can monitor things like days to expiry as a metric for ACM certificates through Amazon CloudWatch. An Amazon Event Bridge expiry event is published for any certificate that is at least 45 days away from expiry by default. Users can build alarms to monitor certificates based on days to expiry and also trigger custom actions such as calling a Lambda function or paging an administrator. It is fantastic to have this, and I implore you to. Um, uh, implement this if you have any certificates. If you're using the the ACM certificates, then the manage renewal is your approach. There's there's times where I get my little email that says, we've rotated your certificates for you. And I say, that's excellent. I feel good about that. But if you're using third-party certificates, you need to set this up. Because I think, uh, Nikki, we can agree that bad things happen when certificates expire. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you that this is by far the best update because this has happened to me before. Like for sure. <laughs> it's it's never a good outcome, is it? <laughs> no, it's always exactly what you said. Really embarrassing when you figure out what happened. You're like, oh, that's sad. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, seriously. Yeah. So there's there's your tip of the day. So um so so Nikki, as I mentioned earlier in the in the show, people can now give us voice updates to the show. So links in the show notes, also on the uh, podcast webpage, you can uh, record and upload feedback. Uh, you can tell us whether you want it on the show or not on the show, uh, but it's great to get your feedback and it just gives people another another way to, to share their thoughts. Love it. Can't wait to hear all the feedback. You know, we love getting your feedback. And how can people reach out to you? Yes, uh, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, my name is Knee, like your knee, and a key, uh, 23. So that's K-N-E-E-K-E-Y, 23. Love receiving your feedback. Or you can reach out to the AWS podcast directly. And you're kicking off a little project uh, as part of the, the AWS podcast channel, which is to look after our launch episodes to make sure that uh, our listeners get the latest and greatest. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So um, some of these service teams, when they do a larger launch or one launch that they want to uh, market more widely, we're, we're going to do a podcast episode. Our first one is actually this Thursday. I'm going to be interviewing either a product manager on the launch or... Um, a lead engineer and asking them a ton of questions about, you know, what the feature is, how customers can use it, just, you know, really going deep on, uh, on that launch. So if you're interested, we have one this Thursday. I don't believe I can tell you what it is because the thing has to launch before we can talk about it. Of yes. Course. It's got to be launched. It's a secret. Yeah, it's a secret. But, um, but you but should yeah, it should, in. should be really cool. Yeah, exactly. It should be really cool. And I think it'll be great having Nikki really dive deep with some of these engineers about uh, stuff they've built. It's always a good conversation. Love it. 
love doing that. And we do love to get your feedback in all channels. Another one of those is, of course, Adibus Podcast at Amazon.com. And until next time, keep on building.